Savage. Austin Jackson back looks up. You can put it on the board. Yeah. Tame center for Kane. He scores. Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Tame. The dynamic duo comes through in overtime. Hawk wins. Looking. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. another post game episode tonight we got two games we have the blackhawks versus the lightning and the bulls versus the thunder if you had the chicago parlay tonight ding look look good for you at all after uh the end of both of those games was both uh very tough losses uh especially with the bulls we'll get into that later but we're going to start with the blackhawks losing five to two to tampa bay again tampa bay is the best team in the league so we're trying not to put too much inventory into these games, but fuck, uh, the goaltending needs to improve, Pat. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway you need to look at after these two losses are, I mean... Is that 10 goals? Didn't they score five in the first game, too? Correct, yes. Yeah, 10 goals in two games, not good. No, not at all. And you have to look at it, you can minimize four goals off goaltending errors. Delia fumbled two puck handling uh, situations outside of his own net. Cost gave up two goals. Subban gave up two really nice rebounds, gave up two goals. Yep. So you can go from us scoring three goals in two games and them scoring ten to them scoring six in two games, which I, is still not good, but it's it's a it's lot better. better on the stat sheet. Yeah, 100%. definitely. Uh, Goaltending is the biggest thing you need to look at right now. Um, and I, I texted you guys early on in the game after it was three to nothing. Lankinen's going to start. If Lankinen doesn't start on, I think they play Sunday against Florida. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Cowden, you need to reevaluate what's going on right here because, I mean, we don't have a number one goaltender. We don't. And Delia, trust, and this is the thing too is like Subban made some really good saves get night one. Delia made some really big saves tonight. It's just those mental errors that change the pace of a game. I mean, imagine this. We don't give up those two goals in the first to those goaltending errors. At, at one point in this game, if those two goals never happen for Tampa, the, the Hawks are up two to one going into the third period. And it's a huge, it's a huge momentum swing, and we all know how much momentum plays a, a huge role in sports. It's a completely different game if the Hawks are up two to one going into the third rather than being down three to two going into that third. Definitely, uh, Kane did get his first tally of the year, which is good to see. He has never gone without having one point in the first two games of the season in his career, so it was good to see him uh, keep that streak alive. What what positives do you have from this game, Pat? So I actually want to tip my cap to Jeremy Cowden on one small aspect of this game, and that's him changing up the lines. Um, we saw that he changed up the lines a lot. So game one, we had the top line, the brinket, uh, left to right, the brinket, Strom and Kane. And he changed it up towards to break it Suter and Kane, and we dropped Strom to the second line. I like this a lot because Strom, he's not a top-line center. 
the reason why Strom does well is he's a good he's a, he's a bottom six guy. He's a very very good bottom six center. He's good enough to score against bottom six guys. He's not good enough to score against top six guys, especially when he's one against guys like Victor Hedman. He's not he's not the guy to be up there on the top line. So I like seeing him drop to the second line and being paired up with Dominic Kubalik and uh, Kurashev, the rookie, making his first NHL start. I like that line a lot. Um, so I did like seeing that. Obviously, the power, hey, we scored a power play goal. It's that been the story of our lives that the Hawks' power play over the past five years has been very, very bad. We scored a power play goal against Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll take that, too. If I had one recurring positive over the past two days, two games, it's that fourth line between uh, Highmore, Camp, and Carpenter. Those are guys that understand their role in the game. They understand that they're not the guys to be giving the team the lead. They understand they're not the scoring line. They understand they're not the you know the turning point line. They're the line that's going out there to get a stalemate. They're out there to not let the other team score. They're out there to you know hang tight on defense. And, and Jeremy Calvin's been putting them out as the first one on the ice for two faceoffs, opening opening faceoffs. They've been the ones on the ice to get the get the ball rolling. Um, I love that line. Like I said, they're not going to be the one to make the, the stat sheet look pretty. But they're a hell of a line. They've been playing very well. And Matthew Highmore, I think he's been playing phenomenal over these past two games. Yeah. Uh, after after a very solid first period, we come into the second period, give up three what seemed like very quick goals. But I do want to point out the battle that the Hawks did show back, scoring two quick goals to make it 3-2. to two. Third period game kind of got away from us. But it was nice to see a little bit of battle against the top team in the league from this young Blackhawks team. Yeah, and I think uh, Barcelona Chiefs summed it up best. I mean, the first period was phenomenal. Um, Alex DeBrinkett looked very good tonight, too. He looked like he was worth his contract. If there's one thing you could say, that this was the best 5-2 to loss you could see. It, that's really what it was. I think Chiefs summed it up perfectly. They then that's, that's the one positive you have to look at is – we did lose, and this is kind of what I was talking about yesterday, uh, two days ago on our last podcast, of, you know, I'm, I'm okay with losing games as long as we're not getting blown out. Like, we're hanging we're hanging in there, we're putting up a fight, that's exactly what we did. Patrick Kane was able to put some points in, or, you know, really get that line going, and uh, it, it just it seemed to start flowing, and, and it, was, it was awesome to see. I mean, it felt like there was some, some life and the team and Cowden got a little bit of get a little bit of fire in everybody's asses and it, it was enjoyable. Um, I like you said it did get away from us in the fourth or it's been the third quarter or third period, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was still. I mean, I liked the tenacity. I liked the gut that this team showed. Um, and I think that you know, as much as I'm not a fan of Jeremy Cowden, I think a lot of that has to fall on him, where he kind of got in his guys' asses and once they're able to generate offense and put points on the board. And realize that they're more than capable of hanging in with this team. Um, it, that's that's what it was. It's they were able to, you know, once they get a little, like you said, momentum. Once you get a little bit of momentum for one, you're able to hold, hang on in there, and uh, you know, just couldn't finish the game. Yeah, uh, Ian Mitchell in his second career game looked a little shaky. Pat, how are we feeling about Ian Mitchell after the first two games? Uh. As a rookie for two games, I don't hate the way he played. Uh, I would agree he was a little bit shaky tonight. But again, uh, it's 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 he's a rookie. He's it's it's like I said, we talked about this too. It's going to take about five six games for everybody to really get their feet underneath them. Um, didn't hate him. Didn't love him. He he was okay. I think him and Dehan did do. Cal really, with Dehan had a hell of a game. I'll say that too. 
Uh, but I, you know, it's 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 going to take a lot to really for him to develop. And uh, you know, these are great. It's a, it's a hell of a time. It's a it's a great experience, win or lose, to be playing the former Stanley Cup champions, the best team in the league, in your first two games, and then you're in your NHL career. That is true. So don't take these games as too much. Take it as a grain of salt. When we get into this Florida, play Detroit, then we'll kind of see where the Blackhawks really are for the rest of the season. So on the podcast, after each game, after we finish talking about it, we're going to start picking one player of the game. I think it's pretty obvious on who's player of the game, uh, at least in my eyes, and that's to bring it uh, a goal and an assist. Uh, definitely a good game for him, like you said, living up to his contract so far. Uh, very solid performance. And we really need him to be a leader on this team and uh, do a lot. Uh, so, yeah, Alex Dabrinkit is my player of the game. Yeah, and it's a, it's a huge positive to see Dabrinkit getting back into it. Two years ago, he had, uh, he had a hell of a season. I'm blanking on how many points he had. Um, well, obviously, two years ago, he had a hell of a season. Last year, he regressed severely and was not. He was just, and that was that was kind of overshadowed by Dominic Kubelik being able to really step into his role in those upper top six lines. Um, so it was awesome to see Debrinket really, you know, like I said, fill into his contract. Yeah. So if I'm going with my player of the game, I'm gonna I'm gonna break my rule a little bit. I'm gonna go two players for me. Um, I'm gonna stick with the defensive side. I'm gonna look at that defensive pairing of Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell. Uh, they were just a strong defensive asset for us today, especially in the first period. If I'm looking at a tweet from Charlie Romeliotis, a Blackhawks insider, Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell did not allow a single shot attempt at five and five in the first period, and it was very noticeable. The I mean, the first period. Finishing 0-0 against the best, the best offense in the league, we looked very good. Like I texted you, we looked substantially better in that first period compared to last last game. Mitchell was on the ice for six shot attempts and zero were against. DeHaan was on the ice for ten shot attempts and zero were against. Um, I really like the way they played. I think that could be a very good pairing in the future. Um, I out of out of those three defensive pairings, uh, DeHaan and Mitchell is what I like the most right now. Uh, Keith and Murphy have been looking very good. Duncan Keith again taking some stupid penalties. Uh, Murph is always a solid person. The Sadoroff and Boquist one is 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 really not sitting too well with me because I just Adam Boquist has not been playing well these first two games. Um, Andy had a very rough 2019-2020, uh, so kind of a little uh, worrisome. Right, right. And he's viewed as a offensive-minded defenseman. That's kind of his, his skill set. And he just hasn't been doing it for me. I feel like he is kind of sleeping on the defensive side of the puck, even on, even on the power plays, he's our, he's our, our one defense and we go one defenseman four or forwards for our power plays. He's our guy. I don't really know about it, man. I really don't. Granted, he is the most offensive defenseman we have out of our six. So it makes sense. He's on our first power play unit. Um, and he's probably the quickest out of our group too. Maybe Ian Mitchell's right behind him in that aspect. But uh, regardless, my two players of the game is going to be, it's going to be Calvin DeHaan and Ian Mitchell for their performance in the first Definitely. So to close out this game, Pat, would you uh, tell our listeners, focus more on the performance in the first period than those final two? Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Cowden, as much as I don't like the way he, uh, any, any, uh, or Chicago coach really answers questions besides Billy Donovan, um, you know, they, they picked up on some things they did wrong in that first game and they improved on it and it really showed in that first period and it showed in that second period too. Obviously it was a tough a tough go around in, the, in those first three goals that were given up. Um, but hey, we, we fought back in the fourth period, or the third period. It's just really about closing the game out. And 
does that come with you know us maybe not being in full shape for the season yet because of the you know the limited off season? Does that kind of fall back on Cowden the way he coaches potentially? Don't really know. Um, but I would say is a is a like I said, I'm really going to try to be as as neutral as I can with these, with these, within these first five to six games. Look at the take away a lot from that first period and see how much better we played. Even in, I wouldn't even say in the second period too, especially offensively. Look at the way we played defensively in the first, and look at the way we played offensively in the second. We've ta- we've improved a fair amount over those first two games. Like I said, that is going to be the best five-two loss you'll see for the Blackhawks. Definitely. Now moving on to the more heartbreaking of a loss, uh, especially for Pat. Yeah. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat our Bulls 127 to 125 in the Bulls' first overtime game of the year. Honestly, I don't see us losing this game next year or even later on in the season. A lot of the mistakes that were done tonight was based on the fact that we are still a very young team with 24 turnovers. Uh, you're you're yeah. not you're not going to win a game with 24 turnovers, especially when Oklahoma only turned over the ball 11 times. Uh, so we doubled and more uh, to their turnovers. So you're not going to win a game like that. Levine, he, he's looking a little shaky with the ball. He's definitely still scoring, uh, leading the team with six turnovers, nearly almost as many as the whole Oklahoma City Thunder team. Colby had uh, four turnovers, and there were a couple other people with two, one turnovers. But uh, the turnovers killed us tonight. Absolutely killed us. That's exactly what I want to talk about. We had 24 turnovers, um, and that's what that's that's how you lose basketball games. It's simple as that. Whether you're the Lakers, whether you're the Bulls, whether you're the Pistons, you it's going to be almost impossible to win a game with 24 turnovers. That's exactly what happened. We played sloppy. I mean, I think Karis Dort is that what his name is? Yeah, Ladort. Uh He had six steals. Like, he had eight coming into this game. He had six tonight. Yeah. Um, so, that's a tough look. I mean, hey, the first half of that game was the Bulls dominating. Lights out. Dominating. Lights out. And so, you know again, just, looking at the first part of the game and the second half is kind of like, yeah, and this is as much as this sucks. Billy Donovan's going to get on their ass about. I'm excited to look at the post game interviews with Billy Donovan because I know he's going to be blunt, and I don't know what their schedule looks like due to COVID. I'm not sure if they play tomorrow. They don't play tomorrow. They play again on Sunday uh, against the Mavericks. So another doubleheader post game uh, podcast with the Hawks and the Bulls. Yes, you are correct. Uh, Sunday they play. If they had practice tomorrow, if they're suicides, they're Dallas, fucking run they're them, running Billy. suicides. They're running suicides, man. I mean that, that that a suicide per turnover. God, I would I would hate to be that. Oh, that would suck. Rough. But it, that's exactly what happened. It was if they don't turn the ball over nearly as much, it's it's an easy win for them tonight. Easy. Definitely. Colby uh, looked good. Uh, 22 points, 9 boards, 7 assists. Uh, uh, Levine with 35, 7 and 6. And Pat Williams, I'm actually, I'm absolutely loving him so far. He, he's been awesome. Yeah, uh, Pat Williams has been a pretty big key role in my parlays for the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, his over-under for points, he's usually been like, it's been sitting at like 8, 8.5. Uh, so I've been liking that. I mean, this, there's a re- I mean, 
the Bulls are a great offensive team. I mean, the reason why we are doing well is because we have Wendell, 16, Lori, 16, Patch Williams, 14, Zach, 35. This was Lori's first game back, too, correct? Exactly, yes. He he looked very good for his first game back. The fact that our, our starting lineup has is doing that well offensively, that's awesome to see. It yeah. really is. We're just we're not hunkering down on defense. And I think that's because we just don't have a solid we don't have that defensive guy. Like we just don't. Like yeah. you look at teams that have people like Pat Beverly or Demarcus Cousins. Or the Bulls had Joakim Noah. Exactly. Joakim. Even Taj too. Taj wasn't a huge offensive guy. Taj was a defensive guy. You know, we had we just don't have that big guy, the dude that's there for defense and defensively we don't have that and i think that shows but i mean offensively we're there we can throw up a shit ton of points if we really want to it's just it's just defensively we turn the ball over and we can't you know carry back on defense or even in overtime right there the reason really why we lost it in that overtime was because of one simple switch if wendell fell way too far on the pick and roll Muscala was wide open for three deep from the three-point line. It's just small stuff like that is it's what the bull is going to hurt the Bulls the most. And you know, knowing Billy Donovan, he's going to get on their ass about it. Yes, I don't see it being a problem later on in the year, especially with a coach like Billy Donovan. I do want to talk about Wendell for a second here. Uh, he definitely, especially after last season in the first, I think it was one or two games of this season, he has definitely looked better. Uh, having a double-double tonight with 16 points and 11 boards. Also had a couple big blocks uh, towards the end of the game. What, what I'm liking what I'm seeing from Wendell. Uh, he's been pretty solid. He was definitely solid tonight. Uh, I mean, 11 boards is awesome for Wendell. And I, I, I that's what we need him to do. We need him to crash the boards, kick it back out. We saw Laurie do that a couple times at the end of the game, which was nice to see as well. Yeah, I agree. I do like Wendell getting those boards. However, um, I, I also bet Wendell's rebound prop at eight. I think it was eight eight rebounds, and he didn't get that eight until the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. So you look at this. You look at it this way. He's not getting that eighth rebound until the fourth quarter. He gets eleven through overtime. You got you have guys like Otto Porter. It was got eight rebounds. You have Worry and and Col- or excuse me, Zach and Colby White that have seven and eight. Yeah. Or seven and nine. That's where I don't particularly like how he only has eleven. Um, but maybe that's just that's just you know, I guess that's just the style of the Bulls. You don't have that big. He's not, he's he's not a I mean, he's tall, but he's not a big guy. Like yeah. he's not a guy like Jokic or Boogie or 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 DeAndre Jordan. He's not that type of build. I guess. Yeah, I agree. But very well, especially putting up points. Um, him and Lori obviously Lori's been out for a little bit, and due to COVID issues, I kind of played in the Bulls' favor because they allowed Lori to come back tonight and not really miss a, a fair share of games. Um, once we get that pick and roll going between those two, I mean, you have Lori. You have to really respect that pick and roll because either Lori can drive or he can pop a he can pop a shot from outside. Wendell going to be driving and not um, shooting from outside. You teams are going to really have to respect that once we can get that going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so player of the game for the Bulls in my eyes, I'm going to give it to Colby White because uh, I feel like it would be Levine's every night if uh, we yeah, went that true. way. So I'm going to go with Colby, who finished with 22, 9, and 7, pretty close to a triple-double. Uh, again, just young player looking good, uh, improving. Don't look too much at the win-loss stat. Look more at the individual players. It kind of reminds me with how the White Sox were a couple years ago. 
you weren't looking for improvement on the team. You were looking for the improvement of individual players that are going to be there for the future. Guy like Colby is exactly that, and uh, I definitely see improvement in him. Uh, it'd be nice to see him take one more big step to be that lockdown point guard. But uh, yeah, so who do you have as your player of the game, Pat? Uh, Colby obviously is a very huge key. I mean, he almost had a triple double, which is awesome. Uh, I'm probably going to go Laurie just because he did have a pretty pivotal role in this game after being out for quite some time. Uh, 16. 60.6 boards, had 35 minutes played too, which is, you know, coming off a of calf contusion, 35 minutes is, is a lot. Um, he he was three for nine from the three-point line, which I don't particularly like, particularly like but uh, just having that big of an impact coming back after a while shows how much he really is fighting for a contract. And remember, he wasn't re-signed. He's a free agent after this year. Um, and I think he was pretty upset that he couldn't get a deal done with the Bulls. Um, so he's just kind of going out there and proving what he can do. And he's got to do that night in and night out. And if he keeps it up, I want to see the Bulls sign him back. I, I really do. He's proving himself to this team. Um, but I'm going to go worry. I'm going to worry. Okay, sounds good. So I do want to talk about one more player, and that is Denzel. I do too. All right, who do you want to talk about? Is it, are we going to talk about the very, very last play of the game? That's exactly what I was going to talk about. The fuck Denzel is Denzel Valentine? Get, the, get out of the way. Oh, my gosh. Like what, 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 like, what was going through his head? It, you have to know that Levine's going to take the shot, so don't stand in the middle of the fucking court, you moron. I, Dude, I was screaming at my TV. Zach puts up that shot, and from the angle live on TV, it looks like it had – we'll get it from it's, – it's clearly off to the left. Uh-huh. From, like, my angle on TV, I was like, oh, my God, he just hit that, and my bet hit. And that if you watch the replay from behind, the first thing Zach does that ball goes out is he points at Denzel like, what are you doing? Why are you crashing in the middle of the court? Go in the corner, like Stacey King said, like anybody who has any source of basketball IQ would know to get out of the way of the person that's going to take the shot. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely not too happy with his uh, performance this year. But again, like I said, we got to focus more on the guys that are going to be here long term. I don't see him being here in the next couple of seasons. So it would have been nice to have the win. But again, just like most of these teams in Chicago now, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, so, so yeah, that does it for our post game. Pat's got one more. Go ahead, Pat. I got one more thing. I want to tease into this week's weekly episode of the Cloudcade Sports Podcast. Uh, lots of rumors floating around about Zach Levine on the trade market at the trade deadline. Uh, You're talking about players playing a pivotal role that are going to be on this team for a long time. So if you want to hear our responses, tune into this week's episode, weekly episode of Cloudcase Sports Podcast, and we'll get into if we think Zach Levine is going to be a key asset in the team in the future or if he's going to be somebody that's going to be dealt in this year's trade deadline. Definitely. Uh, That is definitely a very good talking point, which I bet we will spend a decent amount of time on this week. So. If you're interested in that, make sure you listen to this uh, next upcoming episode. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. We have been doing post games for every single game for our Chicago teams these past, I'd say, a week. We've been doing it now, uh, and it's been going good. We've been doing every game. So make sure you're listening to make to, – if you miss the game, listen to us. We'll give you the recap. We'll tell you who to say fuck you to, who to be <laughs> proud of, and all that yeah. good stuff. 
So thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out. Jackson Pike looks up, you can put it on the board, yeah! Taves center for Kane, he scores! Oh, Patrick Kane set up by Jonathan Taves! The dynamic duo comes through in overtime! Hawk wins! Looking, finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away! Fifteen to the twenty, breaks free to the twenty-five to the thirty to the outside forty. Mixed-